Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 31 of Revelation chapter 13. And we're going to be reading from verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we were in verse 15, and we began to compare uh, the statement at the end of Revelation 13, 15, which says, And cause that as many as would not worship, the image of the beast should be killed. We compared that to Daniel 3 and the true historical event of King Nebuchadnezzar making a golden image and demanding that all of his subjects bow down and worship the image of the beast. And if you refused or failed to bow down, then you would be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now, we we left that account uh, sort of in the middle of it, and it's one of the um, greatest historical stories in the Bible, true historical stories. Of course, there's many wonderful and incredible true biblical stories, but this is uh, one of the most exciting, and and so I think we have to finish it. In Daniel 3, um, we saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had just told the king that they would not bow down. Now, now we, we can also learn from this, um, the biblical principle that yes, God has established governments. And insofar that a government commands its subjects and true believers are just like anyone else within a nation subject to the government. Insofar as a government commands its subjects to do something that's not contrary to the law of God, then those subjects are to obey. And Romans chapter 13 makes this very clear in verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. 
For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. And then in verse 7, it's summed up, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So the Lord lays down a law and a principle that the, the government is established by him. And that's not just the good governments and and um, the uh, democratic governments or or the republics or uh, governments that have respect for their citizens and for the people. But that is just as applicable to, um, uh, to kings, to dictators, to prime ministers, uh, to ruthless tyrants that have somehow um, risen to rule over a country. God would have his people in subjection to Caesars and Pharaohs and King Nebuchadnezzar's or, or King of Babylon, any ruler, because in order for that ruler to have gotten the position that, that he has to be a ruler over a land or over a kingdom, the Lord had to allow it and permit it. And and God says, I think in, in Daniel, in, in speaking in relationship to King Nebuchadnezzar, that he sets up the basis of men. That is, the most evil of men at times are established as kings in a kingdom. And so when that ruler, when the president, when the king, when the dictator, whatever the title is, when he commands a thing, we are to obey. Uh, not only for wrath, not only because he has a sword or an army behind him, but for conscience sake, because God would have us to do so. And and this is one reason, by the way, that we should never speak badly or evilly about paying taxes. God says, Render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due. Pay your taxes. Don't complain about it. Or we we ought not speak evil the ruler of our people. There should be a genuine respect for the ruler, no matter who he is or what kind of character he has. Not uh, so much for the person, but for the position that God has placed him or her in. And we submit ourselves to the ruler and to the laws that the ruler makes the taxes that he imposes. However, however, the one stipulation to that is that the child of God submits in all things lawful. In all things lawful. Therefore, when a pharaoh who's a rightful ruler of Egypt, and the Jews are subjects in that kingdom, when Pharaoh uh, develops a law that says all the male children of the Israelites 
under a certain age are to, to be cast into the river. They're to be killed. And that's an unjust law. That goes contrary to the law of God. And and therefore, Moses, who's an example of, of this, and his parents can rightly take the child and hide him and then put him in an ark of bulrushes and 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 cast him adrift upon the Nile River uh, to escape the penalty, to escape the injustice of that law. And in doing so, they are disobeying Pharaoh. But God permits that. God permits the child of God only in in that way when someone has developed an evil law. And and you must submit to it. Now, that's what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing here. He's developed an evil law. It, it, it's a commandment where you, when you hear the, the musical instrument sound, you must fall down and worship, which it stands directly against the law of God in Exodus, in the Ten Commandments, you shall make no image, you shall not bow down thyself and worship any god but the true God, the God of the Bible. And when the law of a land, the law of a government, of a nation, conflicts with the law of God, God's law is the higher law. God's law is the supreme law. And and we are to submit to the law of God over and above the law of men. Daniel did this also in in his time. After Babylon fell and the Medes and the Persians were in power and some uh, wicked men devised a law intentionally designed to uh, basically capture Daniel so they could accuse him before the king as a lawbreaker. And that law was that they had the uh, king of the Medes and the Persians, Darius, also known as Cyrus, sign in into effect was that no man should make any petition of any god but the O king. They played upon his pride. Um, even though Cyrus was a type of Christ, it doesn't mean he was a saved man. And if he wasn't saved, we can be sure he had a great amount of pride and ego. And And this sounded like a good law to him. Yes, of course, people should only ask me, but he didn't think it through. He didn't think of how it would affect people like Daniel. And so he signs the law into effect where for 30 days no one's to make any petition of any god or king except him. And and it's the law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be changed. Well, Daniel, knowing that the law was established, goes home opens the window towards Jerusalem and begins to pray, bowing down before God as he had done in time past. Three times a day he prays, knowing he's breaking the law. But again, Daniel had a higher law, the law of God, and God would have his people to bow down to him. And if if a law of man says, oh, you cannot bow down to God, you cannot bow the knee and humble yourself and pray before the true God of the Bible, 
Well, obviously, that's an evil law. It's an unjust law. And it's not to be listened to. It's not to be followed. Well, that's the case here in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. With all due respect to the king and and his um, genuine authority to rule over the kingdom of Babylon, they, they tell him, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. It's, we're, we're not making a hasty decision here. We've thought this through and probably, um, it takes some time to make an image to develop a law like this for everyone to hear, for everyone to be forewarned. You better bow down or you'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. So they were more than likely fully aware that this law, this day would come, and certainly uh, there was probably a lot of um, anxious prayer and troubled prayer. And, and, you know, sometimes we don't know what we would do. We know what is right. We know what is good. We know what God would have us to do. But we, we as, a, as a person, as a, a weak, frail human being, we sometimes fear, will I be strong enough to obey God? Will I be able to do it God's way rather than than the king's way? When I hear the sound of the musical instruments, when all around me there must have been tens of thousands, scores of thousands of people that obediently, quickly, they didn't even want to to give the slightest impression they weren't obeying the law they didn't want to risk that they all lowered their heads bowed their their bodies and and uh got on the ground as low as possible and, and all around you everyone is doing that for as far as you can see you could look to the left and look to the right and everyone has their head to the ground bowed to this golden image and and there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are still standing. It's it's no wonder that the Chaldeans were able to accuse them, uh, as that saying goes. When when something is out of order or stands out, it stands out like a sore thumb. It's so out of place, where everyone else in Babylon, all. The people are bowing down, and yet these three men were not. And and so uh, the king of Babylon wants to make sure, and he, and so he has them brought before him. Uh, is it true? Is it true that these three men who are in positions of authority within his kingdom, you refuse to listen to me, to hearken? You refuse to humble yourselves before the image I have set up? More than likely, King Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe it. He he was such an extremely arrogant man, a ruthless man, and and they say it's true, and we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then in verse nineteen of Daniel three, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. 
and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonied, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. King Nebuchadnezzar did his best to kill these men, and yet he was unable. Anyone else would have been killed. Even the most mighty men in his army were slain as they cast these three young Hebrews into the fire. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were unharmed. They were not injured at all. And, of course, the the point God is making with the form of the fourth, as four men were seen in the fire, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God, is that Christ protected them. The Lord Jesus Christ preserved them, watched over them, kept them safe. And and Nebuchadnezzar could do uh, all that he would to destroy them, and yet it did not hurt them in the least. And again, when we remember that Nebuchadnezzar is a type and a figure of Satan, Satan ruling during the Great Tribulation period, the beast, and, and all the world wonders after the beast. And we also read that they worship the beast in Revelation 13, in verse 4, and they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? He's so ferocious. He's so terrible. He's a king of a fierce countenance. And, and all the world is in fear and, and submits to the beast and bows the knee to Satan during the great tribulations 23 years, but not the child of God, not the true believers who are protected by the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in Daniel 3, verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the furnace, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake, 
and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I mentioned earlier that in Daniel 3, four times musical instruments were listed, Three of the times, six musical instruments were listed by name, and the fourth time only five, totaling the number 23 to point to the number which points to the Great Tribulation period. Well, there's another interesting thing in this chapter, and that's how many times God refers to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It seems um, uh, to be very often, uh, I know as I was reading these verses, it, it seems uh, I was continually repeating their names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so I counted them. In Daniel 3, the Lord refers to those three young men 13 times. 13 times. And and uh, that's significant because the number 13 points to the end of the world. As a matter of fact, in the year 1988, it was the 13,000th year of Earth's history. And that was the year, May 21, 1988, that the church age ended. And on that day, Satan was loosed. And he... Uh, he came up out of the sea as Revelation 13 pictures, and, and, and therefore the language we're reading in chapter 13 of making an image to the beast took place. It began in the 13,000th year of Earth's history. And, and then it continued for 23 years. Isn't that something? Uh, it, it's just amazing how God has written the Bible that in this chapter, which so clearly identifies with the things we're reading in Revelation 13 of the image made to the beast, that we find the number 23 that relates to the 23 years from May 21, 88 to May 21, 2011, and, and that period in which the beast had the dominion and was ruling. And we also find the number 13, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 13 times, not only 13 times, but there's three men, three men. So Shadrach was mentioned 13 times, Abednego was mentioned 13 times, and Meshach was mentioned 13 times. 39 times altogether, and, and that would be three times 13. God's purpose, that at the end of the world, which would begin in the 13,000th year of Earth's history, mankind has a has a fear of number 13, it seems, for a legitimate reason. At the end of um, the church age, the judgment would begin on the house of God. It would be the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the loosing of Satan, 
the forming of the image of the beast and God is also letting it be known all the unsaved of the world all of them will bow down yes to the beast they'll worship the beast but my people typified by these three men will not worship the beast they will remain faithful to me no matter the consequences. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.